Welcome to the Go Solo Show, powered by Subkit, the number one place for inspiration to help you start, run, or grow a winning business. I'm Johnny Quirk, and each week we bring you some amazing guests from a wide variety of businesses, all talking about their journey, motivations, and top tips for entrepreneur success. We deliberately aim to bring you stories, interviews, and real people who are fully deep in the trenches, building their businesses, and sharing actionable insights that you can use for your own entrepreneurial business journey. So whatever you're building, we're excited to be part of that journey with you. If you like what we do, don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get on with the show. Hey guys, Johnny Quirk, back once again here to support your entrepreneurial journey. Okay, cool. So today I'm delighted to say that we have Simon Howard, the online virtual event host here on the Go Solo Show. Simon, welcome to the show. Thank you very much and uh, good morning. Hello, everyone. Great to meet you all and thank you very much for having me on and very much looking forward to this. Wow, what an intro, guys. I think I need to get Simon to do our intro every week as well. Um, but I tell you what I'm really excited about today, Simon, is that obviously, you know, we're living through, you know, the kind of say post-COVID right now, if you will, you know, things are kind of, you know, sorting themselves out. And I think, you know, online presenting, online video and everything is so, so important because a lot of people have had to move their business to, you know, online only. And, you know, I think people need tips, they need experience, they need advice on how to, you know, present shows. So, I think what's really cool is, you know, we're going to dig later on into, you know, how you put together a great show, how you basically got your presentation skills. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs out there from yogis to chefs will learn an awful lot from it. So there's an awful lot of good stuff coming today. But first off, like we always ask all of our guests on the Go Solo show, how would you describe your business? What is it that it actually does? So my business is Simon Howard Introducing, and I named it on the basis that I introduce people, ideas, presentations, and basically I'm there to support your events. I've got over 15 years experience live on stage experience doing public speaking, introducing ideas, concepts, delivering information, and Obviously, over the last 12 months and a little bit longer, actually, I've gone to the virtual world. So I'm there to support companies if they do want to go virtual or in the in the real world. And basically to provide seamless transitions between speakers, add a little bit of insight as well, add a bit more professional to events and experiences and hopefully uh, put a bit of energy back into certain uh, companies have a little bit of dry CEOs. <laughs> I, I get that quite a lot. Our, our uh, management team are a little bit dry, so they yeah, need yeah, a little yeah. bit of personality and a little bit of fun in there as well. And I also have spent the last few years helping bigger events agencies come up with creative uh, experiences. Like They might come to me with a brief and go, we've got a client who wants this kind of theme they want some kind of possibly a team building activity can you come up with it and then i create that for them and then deliver it actually on the day as well and that's what we've been doing in the virtual world as well creating virtual experiences for people so a bit a bit of a mismatch there so we can do conferences we can introduce people or we can provide fun and entertaining experiences for people as well Brilliant. Well, that is amazing because that pretty much, you know, like I said, is so topical and hot topic right now. In essence, you know, what's the service and product that you sell? Obviously, you talked about big businesses. I've been on your website. There's some amazing household names that you've worked there. You know, tell our viewers and listeners out there, you know, like maybe some of the businesses you've worked with. And what is that kind of service or product? Do you have retainer? Are they one off fees? You know, do you do annual things? Tell me all about it. So most of them are, uh, or 99% of my business generally comes through agencies, but in terms of the companies, you know, I've been working with from a hosting perspective, they are your big brand names, you know, historically on the live events, it would be people like Anytime Fitness or, you know, Nissan, Mercedes-Benz, many, many household names, you know, we could go, we could go through, but it is, it's all companies you've heard of. And in terms of the hosting or the conference comparing side of things, Mm -hmm. again, just get me in to just tie everything together. Just as I say, put a bit of energy back into what would, you know, if things get a bit repetitive every year, a lot of companies do look to get a different hosting every year. Um, And just to sort of mix things up, keep things fresh. So most of the work I do is from a hosting perspective is a sort of a one-off event. Um, When it comes to things like the experiences and particularly the virtual experiences, I think we've got a sort of return rate or 
we've got clients either coming back saying we want more or our other eight you know officers or departments or our yeah, company yeah. in another country they'd love this you know it's like over 95 percent. it's just ridiculous we've had that wow. much positive feedback from it it's just been wow that's brilliant what can you do for these guys what can you do there and it's just sort of snowballed and snowballed so um you know historically i would work with companies in the uk for 99 percent of the business i did a few events when i worked uh, lived in australia for a few months done a yeah. few around europe as well but historically it'd be mostly uk and over the past 12 months we've literally gone all over the world to the point of you know we did christmas parties for the Silicon Valley Bank in America for an African wow. gold mining company. It was just bizarre. You know, the, yeah, the client yeah. base just just went a, a little bit delusional. Um, you I know, and we had uh, we had sort of people recommending us. And, you know, we did yeah. a murder mystery for a company in America and they recommended us to Disney, which was just a little bit surreal again, you know, um, getting that it, sort of recommendation, but... But, you know, like we hate to use the word opportunity out of COVID, but I think, you know, for some businesses, obviously they are COVID proof or if anything, they've kind of, you know, thrived really during it. Do you think now actually this is the, uh, you know, a good thing in terms of you having to pivot more to this virtual? You know, do you think we're going through a stage where this global opportunity that you now have is here to stay? You know, like obviously you're building out your reputation. Well, you know, what's your thoughts on that? I, I definitely think, I definitely think virtual events are going to be a thing now. I don't think they're just like a, a one year, you know, bit of a gimmick and then that's it. I think, yeah. I, I know people are desperate to get back to the live stuff, mm. but in terms of the, you know, what companies have actually seen over the past 12 months, in terms of the successes of a lot of virtual events, the benefits, obviously the cost implications, the budget's gone way down. They can get people all up from all over the world. The yeah. time saving, I definitely think they're there to stay. And yeah, I definitely think that moving forward, there is uh, big opportunities for it. Because I've, I've spoken to a lot of companies about, you know, been working from home. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them aren't just aren't going back to the office. A lot of companies have actually gone, why are we paying for an office for 600 people? Yeah. Let's just get rid, you know, we, we've had 12 months. The, the, the income stayed the same. Everything's good. A lot of people said, why have I wasted four hours of my day commuting, you know, every yes. day? Um, and they've just gone, well, let's just keep it as is. You know, they might get a smaller premises with sort of 60 people capacity and you can go in for a meeting, you know, once or twice yeah, a week, yeah. a month, whatever it might be. But I think the global picture as a whole from a, a company perspective, especially the bigger corporates, is virtual is a, you know, a, a product that, that works. If you do it right, if you deliver the right messages in the right way, yeah, it still has impact. It still has value. Um, and I, yeah, I do think, you know, looking forward, um, into the future, there is there is massive potential. And like, and just, yeah, you, sorry, carry on. I'm going to say just on the audiences, and I asked about the, yeah, the sort of yeah. global opportunity. Um, that's what we found the most surprising, I think, for the Christmas parties because we mm. did do a lot of, you know, end of year award ceremonies and conferences, and then put some entertainment on it as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people missed out because they didn't realise historically they'd be competing with a geographical venue. Of you know, they go, oh yeah, we've got this, you know, this many venues in London, you know, there's yeah. so many companies, we've got to book it early. And what a lot of people did is they waited to the last minute the week before and then went, oh, we want a virtual party. It doesn't matter about the venue, there'll be stuff. But yeah, they didn't yeah. realise the rest of the world is now competing because English is the international language. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, we have got America, we have got Africa, we have got... Dubai coming to us going, what can you do for our people? Yeah. And, you know, and it's, you know, they're all over the world. It's a global audience. What can well, uh, you do? Rich pickings for you. Like it's, right now. So, yeah. It, it, it went from, you know, a, a sort of struggle to get out there, like you say, to sort of establish myself, because I've never been on TV. I'm not a celebrity as such. Yeah, you know, yeah. to get in there, to be in, you know, in December, like last year, we're literally turning work down, which hurt me. But, you know, it yeah, got to that point. That's where, a nice thing. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, I want to pick up on that word you said before as well about energy. And we're going to dig later on in section two into kind of like, you know, how you bring energy to a virtual event. Because I think yeah. I speak for a lot of people, you know, that we, I think we've all got a bit of Zoom overload. You know, I say this ironically as we're kind of talking right now, virtually, you know, recording this audio and visual podcast. But, you know, I'm very interested later on about how you bring that energy and how you engage with people and do that. 
But I think before we do that, I'd really like to get an idea of you, like where the passion came from to originally start this business. You know, I think you said you've been doing this 15 years now. Um, you know, I don't know if it's a full-time thing, you know, that it was in the start day or you did it as a side hustle or you brewed into it. Tell me, you know, like what, 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 gave, what gets you excited about what you do and, and why have you, you know, why are you so excited about running this business? So historically, just as a bit of background, I've been doing this full-time for 15 years, but essentially yeah. I graduated from uni. I did management at university and I yeah. went straight onto a graduate management scheme, actually for Gala Bingo, which <laughs> uh, way back when was one of the, Perfect, the best. Well, exactly. You know, it literally yeah. gave me my first taste of here's a microphone, get on stage. There's 400 people. Yeah. Go and deliver some messages. You know, and originally they, um, professionally trained me if you like to do that yeah. presentation skills we were literally in a bingo club at half past five in the morning loads yeah, of yeah. video cameras just you and you know the other graduates there all judging you with you know say, yeah. it, it's it's that was a bit of an experience and then all of a sudden you know I was sort of 2021 20, there's a microphone there's you know up to over a thousand people go and tell them if you get one number wrong when you read all this legal information out, you know, we'll all go to prison, <laughs> we'll all lose our license. So get, yeah, you know, yeah. the, some it, old lady it, will be chasing you down the street saying you called out the wrong number or something like that. Exactly, exactly. But, if, you know, there's a lot of, you're playing for £200,000 on some games, you know, you need to get a yeah. calling the numbers right. But just from, you know, the management perspective, because I was on the management team, yeah. that was the, you know, you have to go and check everything, do all the legal announcements. And again, so that gave me the first taste of being on stage. And I did that for about a year, um, very much how I thought they wanted to me to be, just very, you know, very serious, obviously, as the management. Yeah. And then one night, um, I got a little bit more confident and I, and I just made a bit of a joke and I just got a little ripple around the room and I just, I was like, oh, that's that's a little bit different, you know, and you start seeing rather than just, you know, because most of the time people aren't even listening to you, like you yeah. say, the, the regulars, they come every week, they're not there, they're not engaged with it, they're just like, yeah, he says something and then we play bingo, we're happy. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> and I just did something and got a reaction and yeah. then and then I started playing with it. You know, I spent the next couple of years just just throwing things out there and just seeing what I got back. I was never pro professing to be a stand-up comedian, but you just learn what yeah. got something a bit back. And then I go up on, you know, I moved to Western Superbear at one point. So I was nicely yeah, yeah. on the beach, everyone in good spirits. And I was the only Northern person there. And they used <laughs> to love the Northern accent. And I just used to go and I go, hello. And 600 people just go, Hello, and it was a bit, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, I can see but, it now, like some kind of comedy sitcom it, show or so, so. It was, but it, it was just a little bit of joy and just, you know, you, you knew they were actually listening, which was yeah. just a bit of a difference. Um, so moving forward from that, I did the sort of bingo thing for sort of two or three years, moved back up north in the end um, yeah. to Manchester, decided it wasn't for me, retrained to do project management initially. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd chase some money. I thought I'd go and, uh, go and be rich being a, uh, a big money project yeah, manager. Yeah. Um, and then that's when the recession hit. So it wasn't the best time to do that. Um, and then I was also going up against people who'd been company director for 25 years. And I was, you know, just no experience yeah. trying to get into basic roles. Couldn't get the jobs that I wanted. So I actually heard about a local company who were an event management company mm. um, and I applied to them weirdly. Like I just got a part-time job in a petrol station. One of their yeah. vans came in, had a chat with them, said, look, I want to do a bit of that, get some experience. Yeah. Got an interview the week after, two days after that, got on my first event and then did sort of part-time for them for a couple of years. Then they realized I was actually quite good in front of people they yeah. started giving me the, you know, the onstage roles, the presenting, yeah, yeah. hosting game shows, being, you know, the, the comedy person. If, you know, we did a race night, I'd be a comedy bookie, that kind of thing. And then, then I went full time with them for about four years. Then after that, I sort of went, I don't really like where the company's going. Mm. I was a bit sort of overworked and underpaid kind of thing with it. And yeah. I went, I'm going to, I'm just going to take a break from it. And basically what I did is I just messaged everyone and just said, Here's my new phone number, everyone. Um, and within 20 minutes, the phone started ringing. Have you left? Yeah. Oh, do you want to come and host some events for us? Brilliant. And I was a bit taken aback by that, to be honest. I was like, 
maybe like now maybe. it's happening and then, <laughs> yeah. and then yeah so basically i get i got more and more work i've never really looked for work since i left there which is a good thing i'd always like yeah. a bit more um but then you know that was the opportunity i'd built up the reputation a lot of people in the industry knew who i was already and again they were just keen to use my skills and i sort of looked at getting another job in events industry but i sort of looked at as like what bits of events did i like doing and yeah. it was the hosting it was the being on stage it was the audience interaction it was that engagement yeah. so that's where i just went that's what this i'm going to do I'm just yeah. going to do the bit that I like, you know, I like coming up with the ideas and creating experiences for people, yeah. but it's the delivery that I like. So that's how I've ended up being, you know, for the last sort of five years or so, just over now. Um, so I mean, I'm introducing, as I say, just working yeah. with brilliant people and, and doing lots of exciting things. Like, and you actually. can kind of see this because I've looked at some of your videos before. I've seen kind of obviously now, you know, how we're kind of talking today, you know, you seem like a real extrovert, you know, in a good way, you know, you're clearly, you get energy from other people. That's, that's where you do in terms of putting on those experiences, you know? Um, but I think this is why we love interviewing real people on the go solo show. You know, it's all about that journey. It's not like nobody's been like, well, I had the multi-billion dollar idea when I was at university and all of a sudden I got all this investment or whatever. Like you said, you know, you had a storied career, you were picking up experience as you went along. You said, you know, you went back, you know, a petrol station, you were working there. And then, you know, you were to a point where you were like, right, I've got to do something about this. Got your experience, what you're doing. And then when it was the right time to leap, you set it up yourself. So I love this kind of stuff, man. I love the uh, real people, real lives. That's exactly why we do the Go Solo show. So tell me about your background. Like, do you come from an entrepreneurial background? I mean, you know, was there ever a point where you said, one day I'm going to do this? Not, not really. And it, it wasn't a, you know, a sort of plan to do it. Um, yeah. But as I say, I sort of worked for various companies mm. and it was only literally when I, I just went, I need a bit of a break from this. You know, I'm not enjoying where it's going now. It's working out and the work yeah. life balance wasn't there. And it was literally, as I say, work started sort of trickling in. And then I sort of thought, I quite like this more of a lifestyle, almost like, I don't want to say picking and choosing because generally works there. I'm going to <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I do like doing the work that I do now, but yeah. it, it's, it is nice just to have that, you know, I don't have to be in nine to five every day just for the sake mm. of I've got to sit there and, you know, go somewhere every day. It is that, you know, I can manage my own diary, get a bit more freedom with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, and, and I think, cause I have, I did apply for a couple of jobs with other events agencies um yeah. after you know after i'd left the last one and i did consider you know i went for interviews and i met some people and and it was hard at interview they're like oh you know why do you want this job and you know and i sat there going yeah. i don't really I don't want really. this job <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it's, it's so weird like because it's just yeah, that yeah. mental thing of going back into the the lifestyle that i yeah. didn't enjoy you know and the thought of going back and being employed by somebody now and and having you know them having that much control over your life or being that restricted with it um, yeah. is is you know because i've been doing it sort of five years now it's uh it's a sort of step back that and it do, it would feel like a step back yeah of um, course and i mean this is a question we always ask as well which is great because you've answered it for me which is i'm really happy about which is could you ever go back to a salaried position you know, like, would it have to be the dream job would appear one day or your business was in the gutter or something? It doesn't sound like it is at all. But, you know, like, you know, like, could you ever go back, do you think, to a salaried position in five, ten years? Or you just love the bill? You know, like, like are you really excited and the growth potential about where you could take this? I, you know, I, I've sort of said it. If, if the right opportunity came up and it would have to be, I'd have to really study it. You know, you know, like yeah. when you say people go for interviews and it's like, you should interview the company as much as they interview you. Like, yeah. I'd, I'd really have to know that was the right fit for me. But yeah. I'd, I'd more likely be, you know, if, if I work for a bigger company with a lot more people, I think it would be more have to be, have to go in with some other, you know, whether it's entrepreneurs or other people that and yeah, just sort of collaborate yeah. with people that I know I can work with well and, mm. and, and I like working with them. And we have that set mentality. The thought of actually just going working for, you know, a company doing a job. Yeah. Um, and that, I agree. that would be a mental hard sell for me, I yeah, think, yeah. at this point in time. 
good answer that that is a very good answer it's, it's so true and final question before we move on to our you know top tips from yourself about you know how other entrepreneurs can you know grow their business um you know it's obviously Simon Howard introducing you know you, you you trusted it so much you put your name on it which is great do you have like a team of people working for you now has it gone from just yourself or have you got freelancers do you have full-time interested to know is it a makeup or is it literally just you doing everything um, so when it was live events, it was literally just me, you know, I'd hire myself out as an event host or I'd come yeah. on board, as I say, and work on projects. But since it's gone virtual, um, and everything we do virtually, um, and the reason we've actually come up with so many experience is because my initial concept was to entertain and put on, and the reason all the virtual experience started is I just put on a ridiculous night of entertainment for events and hospitality people yeah and that's how I got into it because it was all doom and gloom you know we're about six weeks into the first lockdown and everyone was really starting to realize all our work has gone you know there's nothing there it's just Mm. it's just a void you know for the next year everything cancelled um so I just went look we're gonna put on a night I'm gonna come up with something it's just gonna be stupid it's just gonna be ridiculous fun entertaining engaging um, so I invited anyone who I could think of, you know, like who I work with a lot. They started yeah. inviting friends and family. We had such good feedback and everyone who brought guests, they were all going, oh, can you do this for our company? Our company would love this. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why I sort of went, I probably wouldn't do what I did for them. But if I put a bit more effort into this and made it a bit more you know, professional more rather than just sort of friends and colleagues, you know what I mean? People yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I sort of know, well, we could actually create something good here. And then as the sort of experiences have grown, um, you know, we've developed them, then I've started doing other things. And that's when I started getting in contact with a lot more people in the industry going, how can we work together? You know, what skills have we both got? Um, And now it's in terms of who I work with. I work for someone who used to work. Well, they still run a photo booth company, but they also write murder mysteries for me because they used to be a script writer years ago. So again, there's, you know, collaboration we, we both, yeah, exactly people. collaboration yeah. we both get money because obviously there's no photo booths going out there's no weddings happening there's no nothing yeah um you know i've worked with other people who do like tech support and delegate management on the calls every time mm. we do an experience i host it but i always have a second person here yeah looking after people you know the people with dodgy internet or my cat's just jumped on the keyboard <laughs> everything's gone black what do i do yeah just means so i can concentrate on the audience it, it you know, it, it gives people a really good experience. And I don't have to worry about your Wi-Fi and your, what your cat's up to. Exactly. And I can concentrate on everybody else. So, yeah. you know, start bringing people in then. Mm. Um, and again, we've also collaborated with the studio in Manchester now. So we sort of said if, if people want to come and do some proper recording, recording in Manchester for the presentations, you know, we've yeah. got a big video wall in there, proper sound, lighting, um, you know, we can make a, a full-on glitzy, glamorous award ceremony in there. So I'll yeah. go in, do the hosting or do the event management of it. And they obviously yeah. do all the tech side. So I've really started working with a lot more people and collaborating and giving people opportunities to make money. Yeah. Um, and the main thing is the events agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole point of me coming up with so many experiences is it gave them stuff to sell. And yeah. that was one of my main things that they were coming to me originally going, could you do that for our clients? We just need something. They're coming to us going, we've had to postpone our event or we've had to cancel our event. What can you do? Just, yeah. we need something to sell them. So we've actually, we've, we've just been trying to provide things that event companies can sell. Yeah. To hopefully keep going throughout the year. And that's, you know, the ones who've taken us on board are doing pretty well still, you know, they're now going, Oh yeah, we've got all these clients. They love the virtual stuff. We're now looking to do either yeah. more virtual or live. And the ones who haven't, a lot of them aren't certainly yeah. with us anymore. You know, they've just gone, no, no, we're just going to sit it out and wait and yeah. it'll be all right. And it's- Snooze, you lose, man, you know, as the old saying goes. But it's exactly. kind of true. But I, I like what you just said about packaging stuff up because actually it's much easier to sell, I guess, better than that ad hoc thing. I'm sure, obviously, if the big check arrived one day and said, do you ad hoc stuff for us? You know, you're willing to take that call and put it together. But like you said, to be able to package stuff up and sell that directly to the client knows exactly what they're getting. It's easier for you to scale. It's easier for you to run out if you're doing night after night after night. But also, like you said, if you're working with agencies, you can do that. Um, 
and really as well, I just want to pick up on that, you know, what we've just been talking about, collaboration. You know, we interview solopreneurs and solo entrepreneurs on this show, obviously, every week. And it's amazing the spirit of collaboration there is among solo entrepreneurs. You know, people think business is like a, you know, a, a ruthless game. And sometimes it can be, obviously, you know, you, if you're not selling to somebody, then your competitor is. But I think when people are in it themselves, whether it's yourself as a solopreneur or you have a small team, a small business, it's, you know, it's nice to collaborate with other people. It's nice to bring them on the journey. It's nice to share, you know, we've interviewed chefs, personal trainers, yogis, interior designs. I think everybody basically has that spirit of collaboration in them, which is great. So it's brilliant to hear that you're doing that as well and hopefully bring yourself out of the pandemic and then hopefully, you know, the business can grow after that. Right. This is really exciting, Simon, because actually we're now moving on to the point of the show where I dig deep into your experience and you try and share your secrets. You don't have to tell us all the secrets. You know, we don't want you going bust or me setting up an events company. That isn't going to happen, by the way. But uh, I'm interested because, like I said at the top of the show, I was saying, you know, like how a lot of people had to move into hosting virtual events. And, you know, like, I'll use an example. You know, we've been doing some online yoga recently, online Pilates. We had a nutrition call the other day. You know, we have a virtual wine club I'm attending tonight. So I'm interested, like, if you basically needed to kind of, you know, get better and confident at presenting, what kind of ways would you be able to do that in terms of just, you know, becoming a better presenter? Like, like, like how did you become a better presenter over time? You know, what would be your top tips? Uh, I think, well, in, ter- in terms of my experience, it was experience. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, you've, yeah. Just got, you've just got to get out there and do stuff uh, in front of people. You know, get, get any opportunity you can get. It's just get out there and do it. And the more, you know, the more you do it, try and experiment with things. I said to you at the start, you know, it is when I developed my style, if you like, it was when I started what I call playing with audience. I just, I just, I just threw stuff at them just to see how they react, you know, and and sometimes it'd go brilliantly well. Other times, you know, tumbleweed moment. And I'm not saying you should stand there and (laughs) tell jokes because the, uh, I, I still remember from my Gala Bingo training, they actually said, if you're not funny, don't try and be don't funny. <laughs> and, you know, and I was like, well, it's, it's an interesting technique. Oh, what if you are a little yeah, bit yeah. funny, you know, but they, they never, they never came onto that, but it, it's yeah. just, you know, I'm not saying you stand there and try and tell jokes because I've seen a lot of people telling dad yeah. jokes as I call them. Oh, and it's cringy, you yeah, know, but it, yeah. it's just, if I go on stage on a live event, I will, I'll literally just go in and go, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And I'll wait. And I'll just see if anybody says good morning back. (laughs) And and I know within that first sort of, just from experience of it, I know within that first sort of 30 seconds and I, of, 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 you know, throwing something out there, what I've got to do with this audience and how they're going to be. And if I get nothing, I'll say, I'll literally make a point of it. Oh, we've got nobody here this morning. I'll say, good morning. Let's have a bit of enthusiasm and ask for it. And if you still don't get anything back, then you know you're on a tough sell. You've got a dry audience there. Yeah, yeah. It is, but then it's it's how you know you. Uh, I'll then spend my time. I know whether I can go in full. This these guys are ready to go. You know they're excited yeah, yeah. for this. They're here to learn. You know, or they've probably just had some really boring speakers before. They're not used to this. They're not used to being asked to be participative. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know you you need to warm them up to that. So again, I'll do a nice slow warm up. And I, and I think in terms of you know the experiences we do. That's how it's, you know, I'll I'll run like a game show evening, for example, where we play loads of different game shows. Yeah. And if if I went in and said, right, we're going to play Strictly Come Dancing, everybody get off your seats and start dancing. I guarantee no, everyone, you might get one, (laughs) but you'll get nothing. But if you you build them up to that and, you know, you slowly tease a bit of engagement out of it, if you set the scene that this isn't a work call, you get them out that mindset. I think, you know, in, in terms of the actual, just the presenting style it is record yourself you know sit at home you, you've all got phones yeah you've, you've all got unlimited theoretical data record yeah. yourself watch it back and just just listen to yourself mm. and i think that's a big thing there's a lot of people don't realize how dull they're sounding and a, a big tip for the virtual world <laughs> is however excited and energetic and enthusiastic you think you're being yeah. What Zoom does is it strips out about 80% of that. So yeah. for you to be, you know, thinking you're about 
60 to 80 percent i'm quite excited and quite interested you need to be throwing like everything you've got down that webcam absolutely yeah, yeah. you know get energetic well, get excited here's me show now simon next week when we record i'm gonna be like right everybody it's like <laughs> are we gonna do this or what you know let's get started our business today but it's kind of true you know it's uh i like what you're saying basically about you know that energy a word i want to pick up on here is style you know like you've mm. got to develop your style the bit you said about if you're not funny don't try to be funny but I think it, it's like you said, it's an evolution, I guess, over time. You develop that style, you, you know, you work out what works for yourself. And then I guess being adaptable, like you said, you know, if it's not going according to plan, then maybe it's just a case like, well, we're doing this, but actually you, know, you can't do much about it if the audience isn't revved up and ready to go. In terms of putting together a structure for an event, Simon, like, you know, I, I always try to act on the premise in life. You know, I always, I don't think Shakespeare was too wrong when he did like the three acts, you know, and I always try to put that in, you know, you pretty much want an intro, some kind of outro, and then you kind of filler, if you will do, in terms of, you know, like what the kind of core part of it is. You know, how would you put together a structure? Like say I was hosting a wine, a virtual wine tasting, or say I was hosting a yoga class and I was coming in straight onto Zoom. You know, how would you kick things off in the right way and how would you close it? I'm just very interested. I think that's so important, the intro and close in kind of virtual events. So I, th I think you've got to think about it as, um, you know, we base everything we do on end user experience so it doesn't matter how complicated it is at our end whatever happens here yeah, yeah. that's not your problem i want it to be as simple as possible for you so even before the event you've got to think about how you're communicating with your audience you know are you making it nice and simple is it just the here's the link you know do you have to download any apps all that sort of stuff you know is, is that easy to do so even yeah. before your events even started really think about from their perspective are they going to do it are there any yeah. barriers to them actually coming to your event you know do they have to sign up to it do they yeah. have to put their email address in do they have to put their address in you know if you're sending if it's a wine tasting i'm assuming you're sending out are yeah. they going to be happy with that have you made it clear where all their information's going so you've really got to think about what are the barriers to first of all them even come into your experience yeah but then once you've got them there i think it's just that uh, you've got to set the tone as you come into the event so when we um you know whatever it might be say it's a, a virtual race night for example as they join the call we'll have a screen up that literally tells them so there'll be a big screen you know, with horse racing yeah. imagery on there that horse racing music in the background um, and it's just instantly setting that yeah. tone of the evening. There'll be some instructions of this is what's about to happen. This is what you need to do. Activate your audio. You know, we get any technical glitches out the way. Um, technic the tech team, as I say, is on the call if you've got yeah, any problems. Yeah. And again, it just it, it, it sets people. They know what's going to happen. Mm. You know, it's that instant thing. You don't need somebody there telling them because you're going to get people arriving at different times yeah but it just sets that boundary sets the scene got a bit of music in there gets the gets them into it whether you want you know some pop music get them all energized or whether you want something chilled out and relaxed and mellow mm. you know i think music is quite a, a key point especially from a virtual perspective in there um and then yeah you get you get your host on and they've got to deliver that again in the right way for that audience yeah and then again, the wrap up, it's, I think, I think the wrap up, if you like, is dependent on the purpose of the event. So yeah. if we're doing just like a social thing, the whole point is to get people back together, which is what most of all are, share an experience, you know, have some fun, have a laugh together. And then yeah. what we quite often do is I'll just go, that's it for me. That's the end of, you know, the show. We are going to leave yeah. the call open for the next half an hour, an hour. Or if it's a late night one, you know, if you want to just carry on <laughs> drinking, I'll just leave you guys here just to enjoy each other's company and yeah. that's you know a lot of it that's the bit they enjoy you know they've got something to talk about at last yeah um you know as opposed to just going give it up too much no you yeah no, go for a walk great yeah. <laughs> uh, you know it's just something there that they've got a talking point yeah, then yeah. then they can have a catch-up they can just rebuild those relationships and bonds um or if it is just a serious you know that's it that's your entertainment thanks for coming you can just yeah. cut it off there you know, you've got to appreciate people have got other things to do and other lives. So, 
yeah. I think that depends on the outcome and the style of the event and the audience, how well they mm. know each other and all that kind of... Uh... Agreed. I, and I really like what you're saying about the wrap-up there as well. It's so important just to have that kind of closure, I think. you know, Like you said, if people want to stay online or they do whatever, that's great. But I think as well for people who run sequential events, you know, whether they're running a course or it's a monthly event or something, it's so important, I think, to sew in what comes next. You know, like, don't forget to join us next month for the next wine tasting when we'll be doing Bordeaux or something. Or, you know, like we've really enjoyed it. We'd love your feedback or we'd love whatever. I think it is so important just to close it. You know, I've, you know, we've all attended all sorts of virtual events over the last couple of years, say. And it's yeah. been pretty crazy. Like you know, some of them just literally end and you're like, oh, right. Uh, what happened? Yeah. Was there a power cut or something? Or, you know, because yeah. like, someone's <laughs> Wi-Fi gone down, whereas some are, are, are done, you know. And I just don't think it requires too much extra effort to think about that intro, think about the end, you know, the rest of it can sort itself out, you know, but I guess you want to take people on a journey as well. That's what we're all trying to do with events and especially virtual as well. You keep the energy high, keep it exciting. I, th I think it's interesting you, you, you mentioned feedback there as well, um, because I, I yeah. think a, a big difference between you know, live, live events and virtual events is the amount of feedback and instant feedback you can get from virtual yeah. events, you know, with all the polls, the questions. Mm. Like, um, I know when you we went back to the question about how do you get better at being a speaker? Like, yeah. sometimes it does sound a little bit brutal, but literally the speaker finishes and, you know, I've been on things where they said, right, vote them, you know, one to 10 about <laughs> which you enjoyed that speaker. And then yeah, yeah, how yeah. could they improve? What, what bits did you find valuable? And, you know, all of a sudden you, you finish your presentation. Whereas if you're at a live event in a conference, you do your presentation, you go and sit back down and you get a little tittle of applause perhaps. But then on this, you just get, oh, I like this bit, but I didn't like that. And, you know, you, you'll get that instant feedback. And I think the virtual world is quite interesting oh. from, from a, a data perspective as well that, you know, yeah, the, the did, ability to learn and grow from each one is. is uh, do you a know what though? Last year, I, I hosted a. Uh, you know, I was the compare and host of a online pitching competition for startups who wanted to raise investment. Okay. And over two days, I introduced 120 startups. You know, ranging wow. from invest. You know, wanting 100,000 investment to five million, and obviously we were taking people through that journey. And each business had 90 seconds, so I'd be like. Simon from Simon Howard introducing Simon is raising a hundred thousand uh, dollars. You know, Simon over to you. And again, yes, you would have 90 seconds to tell 500 people in the audience or virtually why your business was investable and taking them on that journey. But people could vote <laughs> like for what they okay. thought were their best pictures. So yeah. you're right. It was very interesting to see that kind of data come in and like some who really smashed it were like, you know, and some were just like that. But, you know, I think it's taking that feedback, isn't it? And saying, right, you know, like we all, we're not all experts. We're not, you know, like we, we're just trying to get better in life, aren't we? Like running our businesses and being better people and everything like that. So I think having a, I'm say a thick skin, but actually being able to take feedback and do that is so important because it helps you in terms of your style and delivery and business as well. Um, one question I was going to ask you, I know you run team building events as well. And... I'm trying to put this through the prism and perspective of a solo entrepreneur, solopreneur, or someone who's maybe got a few staff, whether that's part-time, full-time freelancers, but they maybe want to do something like team experience bonding, but on a really, really low budget. From yeah. your experience, like what sort of things could they maybe do if they're a small team of two, three, four people virtually that maybe would just bring some energy and team bonding for them? It's it's tough with the uh, the smaller numbers and the low budgets because yeah. I know you know um, across the board and you know one one of our biggest things was how do you price a virtual experience you know it, it's yeah. it's you know like in the real world it's because you bring things you know you might have some quad bikes and some hovercrafts that of you're course. racing around the field and people can see that and it is it, it it's tough and I, I know there is a, you know an initial concept. Uh, pricing in a lot of um, companies do that. So they'll have a, you know, you pay for a, a host as such and then you pay per head on top yeah. or some just have a, you know, a minimum starting point. Um, but I think, you know, if there is that real small group, I think it, it's it's just knowing, I would assume if, if there's three or four of you, you know what people like, you know what they like to do. And it's yeah. just trying to be creative of what you can actually do with them. You know, you, you've, if you if you want to engage them, if you want to reinvigorate something, if you want them to actually 
think differently and get something out of it, you've got to start thinking outside the box as yeah. well. And that's what differentiates, I think, our experiences from a lot of what's out there. Because yeah. we, as I say, we make it all about that end user and we try and learn as much about the audience before we actually do the event yeah. and see which elements are going to work best for them. Because I know originally when, as I say, the you know lockdown first happened and the pandemic all kicked off and everything went to virtual, all everybody seemed to do from the events industry was complain about what you couldn't do. Yeah. Whereas I just sat there and went, what can we do? What can I get, you know, what can I get Johnny to do right here, right now? What yeah. what physically can I get you to do? And I, I'd literally, you know, it, it's it's just really, you've really got to think about how do you make them feel part of it? How, you yeah. know, do, do an activity where you get them to actually do something that also relates to the other people. Because, yeah. you know, like if you do like, I've seen a lot of cocktail making, which is, you know, it's fun because you get a cocktail, but, at the same token, you're just making a drink at home and drinking it on your own. Whereas, you know, our experience, it's just trying to get them to actually be part of something else. Yeah. And each person then has an element to it. And I say it, it is tough with budgets, as I say, just for the smaller <laughs> groups. And I sort of say to that to people, I go, look, you know, it's it's this price for 20 people. Yeah. But if you add, you know, another 50 came, it'd only be a little bit more and it it is it's just that initial cost of doing it of course um but you know there's a lot of people doing their own internal quizzes and stuff you know for smaller things which is well well, for some people that's all they want they just want a bit of a talking point just as a starter i'd always say just put on a bit of a a fun quiz you know there's people doing if there's three or four of you each of you can do a specialist round if you like so you've got something that you're all bringing to the table yeah um you know and that's how a lot of people are just sort of doing things internally again obviously it doesn't cost anything then you know to do that yeah, but yeah. as i say if you do want something a bit more interactive a bit more engaging then uh come my way and uh, as i say <laughs> i'll uh i was gonna say this is brilliant because i was gonna give you a plug later on anyway so we've got two now probably at least <laughs> in the show here but uh definitely man definitely right now we're moving on to a rapid fire round now simon so a uh, you know like you know, feel free you can put a bit of flavor on each chance it doesn't have to be like let's wrap this up in 60 seconds but uh i'll ask you a few questions just generally about life your business I, you know please feel free to uh feel free to give you you know honest answers so if I was to ask you who are your favorite entrepreneurs that you would look up to, like, like who would you say? Uh, I'm not a big follower of the entrepreneurs. Like being, being completely <laughs> honest, I'm, uh, I'm not a big one. Like my, my partner's well into, you know, she's an avid Gary V fan. So I do yeah, you know, yeah. follow on the, on the back of her, just loving everything Gary V does. She literally walks in his shoes. Cause yeah, she's got he, his he brings the energy. Like that, so, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and it, it's, it's that slightly different thinking. Uh, you know, we did go to the leadership conference at the NEC yeah. um, you know, but just before lockdown hit. Wow. They had Proper Gary V there and Grant Cardone there. And, um, yeah. you know, I sort of like Grant Cardone uh, a little bit more. You know, if I, if I had to pick one out just because, yeah, his, his sort of energy and he's his a little bit nuts, which I kind of enjoy at the same yeah, token. Yeah, and, yeah. and he's just, you know, he's just, he's just, let's go big, let, you know, and it is, it's that, it's that yeah. passion comes across really well. So if yeah. I had to pick one, I'd probably say Grant Cardone, but I'm not, as I say, an avid. No, that's fine. I mean, like I said, we're talking about real people here. You run a business, a successful business. So whether you list off 20 or one, it makes a difference yeah. to me. It's your opinion as well of like how you run your business. Who's your most inspiring person then in life? Oh, that's a good question. Um, most inspiring person. Uh, right, weirdly, my, my partner does a lot of things that I sit there and I go, "Wow, it's incredible how much you do." <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I should get I should get her, um, her on here as well. Uh, she's Dr. Katie Ford. She uh, she's a, a senior veterinary surgeon, yeah, but she yeah. also does imposter syndrome coaching. She also does um, a lot of. Uh, public speaking now as well she gets invited to talk at a lot of the big conferences she's also working with loads of different businesses doing various things and she does social media coaching you know she grew an account to like over twelve thousand people on instagram you know just legitimately yeah Uh, again all all gary v she's sort of living the (laughs) gary v dream but you know you just sit there as a person you go 
I wish I could get as much done as you do in yeah. a day, but you know, and um Well, I mean, to be quite honest, look first off you learn brownie points for obviously <laughs> putting Casey in there but also like you know people have said it you know like it's, it's not a trick question people say oh it's my dad or my mom or you know nobody's come on and said it's Nelson Mandela every week or something like that you know and if they did great you know so it's good to just kind of get an idea for that um in terms of any business books or online resources that you've used you know like is there anything which you've read or go back to regularly which you try to use to to run a better business you know, I'm interested to know kind of like, you know, like what, what kind of helps you grow your business in terms of, uh, you know, y- y- your knowledge. In terms of, um, you know, I'm not really a big book fan. I'd rather, you know, watch videos of people actually talking and much more yeah. a people person. Yeah. Um, you know, as I say, going back to education wise, I did management at uni, then I've done yeah. project management. So I've got quite a bit of general, you know, business now. So I've also yeah, spent yeah. the last 12 years sat at the back of conferences listening to motivational speakers some of the best <laughs> yeah, business yeah. minds yeah so i've picked up a few things along the way as yeah. well from there so in terms of that you know i do always have my ears open to yeah. just sort of take things in and see where things are going but in terms of you know growth and stuff i'm, I'm just more about people i'm just you yeah. know meet people let them get to know me hopefully they like me and you know that's how yeah i sort of have particularly over the past 12 months been building the business is just meet more people meet the ones who you know are the right fit we work well together i can yeah. help them out they can help me out and it, again it's going back to the collaboration thing and of that's course. generally where you know the, the most growth i think has come from it's just it's just meeting those people and, and networking those and stuff yeah networking is so so important and if i was to ask you you know if time was of no significance to you what would be the number one thing that you think you could do over and over again to grow your business? I mean, you're probably going to say networking and meeting more people, but like, is there something which you feel that you do in running your business that actually generates the most results for you? Um, you know, like lead generation, anything like that, maybe whatever it's, you it's, think. It's probably demonstrating what, what, we actually do what we can deliver because you know there's that uh, there's the theory of the you can tell people you're brilliant um and and that's nice and people go oh he thinks he's good at that but there's the other reason of going, again, going back to the networking if other people said oh he's actually brilliant you might be a bit more but yeah. then you know the the reason we were so busy i think last year was because i was just getting people on a call and going look let me have a, you know, half an hour of your time. I'll get you on a demo demo call and I'll just show you. I'll just show you what we do. I'll show you how it looks. I'll show you how it feels. I'll show you how we're going yeah. to interact and engage. And then if you've got any questions, we're just there and then you can ask them. And it was only when people got on, they're just like, wow, this is a lot better than I thought it was going to be. That's the yeah, number yeah. one thing I heard. It's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And I think that's the issue with a lot of, you know, products and stuff that are out there. It's like, Whatever it is, where it's a car, you go, yeah, it's a nice yeah, looking yeah. car. It's it's probably great, but then you get yeah. in it, you know, and you get hands on, and you go, oh wow, this is, you know, I want to buy this, and it's it's just really demonstrating. That, I think yeah, what you can I, do I to guess help. as well, you know, that personal touch, you know, I guess if you've got high end clients and whatever, then it's so much worth that you're not just sending out a generic uh, here's a video. Obviously, you have those collateral to back you up, but taking that personal time to present you, they, they're going to, I guess, get an idea of who they're going to get as well, the production values as well. Yeah. I imagine in your role, you work a lot of evenings and weekends, you know, especially if you're doing stuff globally, you know, if you're doing Silicon Valley Bank, I imagine that's going straight into, you know, early morning. Um, what kind of stuff do you do to keep a great work-life balance? You know, or you're just like, what is work-life balance? You know, like, like you know, what sort of stuff do you do just to try and keep it together on a daily basis? So, you know, pre-pandemic, the, the live world was always very, you know, work was very sporadic. I'd seem to have, you know, out of a month, I could literally work every day in a month or I could literally work zero days in a month each because yeah. events are, you know, you have to work around when the client's Christmas. having their events. So, you know, yeah. literally I might do three days in a row, you know, 18-hour days, just bang, 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 all the way through, literally yeah. do an event drive somewhere else get there at one in the morning sleep get up at six yeah. straight on to an event or you know the flip side is i say there's nothing there for a month and it's so there's yeah 
there was balance in that, but it, it wasn't sort of selective balance, if you like. I say it's weird in the past year uh, because historically I've, I've always worked very random, very long hours, mm. but it, it's odd in terms of the, even with the global reach, you know, like you say, the slightly odd hours in terms of you might be doing uh, an awards evening at nine in the morning for, you know, Asia or whatever, or you might be doing something at 11 at night and it's 10 in the morning in America or whatever it, whatever it might <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah. But in terms of it, you know, you're only on for like a couple of hours. You haven't yeah. got the, you know, I don't have to drive from Manchester to London. Yeah. And I don't have to get out of London and spend seven hours driving home in, in rush hour traffic. And so it's, it's a sort of, um, a very you've odd got thing that balance in terms of, exactly. You know, like if, if you've got an hour, uh, you know, uh, come on, well, we want something entertaining for an hour. It's one till two. Yeah. You know, I, I can get ready at quarter, quarter <laughs> to one, do, do that. And then at two, you know, you can go and do whatever you want. Go out on the mountain bike or, or go yeah. to the gym or go for a walk or, you know, whatever you're legally allowed to do at the moment. You know, it's, it's, uh, sounds like you're living the dream then in terms of just having those hours that suit you and the lifestyle you want. I guess, you know. it's It's been the first time where I've actually had like a regular sleep, like the last year has been like a regular sleep pattern because even the events we've done, yeah. historically, you know, if we're doing an award ceremony or after dinner entertainment, some kind of, you know, experience in a, in a hotel, you know, you yeah. get the venue serving dinner and it wouldn't finish till sort of 10, half 10 at night. And then you've yeah. got to do that. And then you've got to usually wait till one, two in the morning. And then sometimes I help de-rig if I'm working with the AV team, you know, yeah. you, know you get to bed at 4am. Whereas this, you know, they want the reward ceremony within working hours. So I'm now working like half three till five and it's, that's been a bit of a, a sort of cultural shift for me and time, yeah, of course. Well. So, um, it's, uh... yeah, it's been it's been interesting, but it, it's <laughs> yeah. weird that I have. I, uh, at first, I was like, "This is weird," but now it is kind of nice that you don't have to go places. Yeah, and, you know, it, it um, could, yeah. I mean, it could be the new way forward, like you said, in terms of doing it through work hours. People yeah. want to you know, have their weekends and evenings to do what they actually like doing. So nice that you could package that up as well. This is a question I always ask of our entrepreneurs who come on the show. Do you have a funny anecdote which has happened in business while you've run it that might have been fairly soul-destroying at the time, but now you can look back on it and laugh? You know, Does anything come to mind in terms of something that's happened to you? Um, you know, in, in terms of my my job and my, my normal life, and I did, I did a talk to some university students who were just graduating in event management yeah. a few weeks ago. And I was trying to explain how, um, you know, my normal was quite possibly the most bizarre continuation <laughs> of experiences that, you yeah, know, yeah. You'd, uh, you'd actually get. And, it, you know, in terms of me getting back to normal, like, you know, I'd say an average week when I used to work for the events company, you know, I'd, I'd dress up as a spy one week and then I'd go down to London and, uh, yeah. be a paparazzi with spongebob square pants and then i'd be a cowboy then i'd be <laughs> you know a host for a vegas night surrounded by vegas showgirls and then i'd be a head teacher you know and it's, it's just uh it's in terms of funny stories like the, the more weird and entertaining stories i, I know i'm a bit disappointed on the story front here right now but it, <laughs> it's just that that was my life my life was just some weird yeah just know, randomness every day Exactly, like you know, and that was that was normal for me. Everyone else is like, "Oh, I'm I'm really looking forward to get back to normal." I'm like, this normal now, where I'm just sort of sat and and not doing anything or just doing a normal sort of nine to five ish hours kind of thing. This yeah. is weird for me, you know. This is so surreal and not what I'm used to. And and of course, yeah, it's 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 very odd, but. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like you said that you live through those kind of moments and you're, you're game and willing to do whatever it takes to put a smile on people's faces, which is well, that's, good. That's, that's what's fun. You know, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy the variety of you never yeah. quite know, you know, because if you if you went to my mum and go, what, what's Simon's job? And it's like, she doesn't understand what I do because every day yeah. I come home and I've done something completely different and yeah. a different audience, a different activity, a different thing. You know, it's yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I struggle explaining it sometimes. Well, that's <laughs> what you want. Uh, and this so. is why you've got a smile on your face and you enjoy what you do. Absolutely. Tease me up for, you know, only got a few questions left for you. But, you know, I'm interested. As an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? Um, you know, in, in terms of success for me, I think it is balance. Um, a chap called Ty Lopez again sorry at the leadership conference and he, <laughs> he very much I think it was him he had the four pillars of 
uh, you know, measures success, whether it's money, health, uh, yeah. time, and, and and it's it's just getting that balance of mm. everything right. You know, it's it's to have the financial stability, if you like, you know, a, a comfortable income level. Yeah. But also for me, a, a big one is freedom and the choice of um, going back to the, you know, would yeah. you be employed again kind of thing. It's just <laughs> if there's a client who I really don't like, and thankfully there's not been many of them, but yeah, yeah. I don't have to work with them. You know, and yeah. it, it's as much as, you know, there's, I say, there's not many people who I don't get on with, but... Mm come to those You've situations i think i think that is what success is it's just it's it's choice you know in yeah. in life whether you want to do work with those people or whether you don't if mm. you could choose how much you weren't that would be brilliant you know because i'm again in the live events time i would always work a bit more than i probably had the opportunity to you know mm. and if there was the work there i'd like a bit more constantly yeah. coming in and i think that's it and i think it's getting to the point of you know where look you're financially comfortable. You can live the life you want. You can have that balance. Um, yeah. But you also have the choice with it as well. Great answer. Balance and freedom. It comes up a lot on this show, which, you know, it's not all, it is. It's not always in kilter. <laughs> I think we all strive for a really great balance, but, you know, we're all trying our best to get there. Um, for anybody out there thinking about taking the plunge and starting their own business, you know, you kind of, and I don't mean this in any bad way, you fell into it really, you know, you had your experience and you were like, now is the time to do it. But if somebody was in that situation or they'd always thought they would set up a business, you know, like, what advice would you give to them if they wanted to go solo? I think you've got to do your homework. Uh, you know, you, you've got to make sure what you've got and what you're offering, what you're delivering, you can do, you know, and you, yeah. you're going to do it well. You've got to get your USP sorted you know why are people going to come to you as opposed to anybody else um and then i think the best bit of advice is is obviously do do a proper business plan you know do the maths make sure it's financially viable and it's, yeah. it's actually got potential to do that and make sure there's a go of it but then i think the from talking to other people who started up businesses as well it's getting a few contacts before you just go right i'm doing it you know i'm quitting my job i'm just going absolutely mm. for it if you know some people who you think I can actually get some work from there to start rather than just starting cold, yeah, I'd probably call it, you know, if you've got a few sort of warm leads in and you think, yeah, I could, I could do that. Um, then I yeah. think that would be the, the best thing to do is, is to, even before you launch it, just start connecting with people, yeah. you know, get on LinkedIn, build, build your network, build those relationships and uh, try, try and grow relationships talk to people who've done it as well get some yeah. experience from them you know if, if you are you know first starting or it's your first job maybe straight out of uni maybe you've not even been to uni you just want to go for it just yeah, go yeah. meet some people get that experience try and get a mentor as well um there's lots of people out there and connect yeah. with other entrepreneurs who've like you say have been on that journey and can help you and uh, hopefully yeah. answer a few questions all amazing advice and to be quite honest you know we we do a blog post of all of our podcasts as well where we take some of the top tips as well from our solopreneurs so a lot of these great tips will be going in there simon you know mentorship network and stuff amazing right final question here for you so say it's two or three years from now i bump into you in the street you know and i say simon how's the business going where would you like it to be in a few years time that is uh, the, the sort of discussion of the month of uh, me and my partner is, is, you know, where we go with it, whether, because, you know, historically, as I say, I've, I've always worked with agencies, but a lot of people just keep going, why don't you just become an agency? And, yeah. you know, and, and that's the sort of discussion we're having, but it, it is that um, I'm at that stage now where we are just trying to work out what we want life to look mm. like and how we... Um, you know, how we're going to achieve that, where we want the money coming from, the types of sort of income streams we've got and the money generation and the, the balance. And um, so at the minute, that, that, is, uh, that is up in the air, you know, and, that, and that's yeah. what we're, we're trying to do. We're sort of loving, you know, I'm sort of loving where we're at at the minute. You know, we've, we've, I've met loads of new people, got some really good relationships going on, yeah. excited to see where that goes. But again, as an industry, I'm not sure what the next few months is going to look like for events, whether everybody will go back to live or whether they'll even be allowed to happen or whether yeah. everything will just stay virtual. And I think, you know, we've, we've always tried to be a little bit ahead and predict things. Um, as I say, 
Christmas parties and stuff last year. I was planning them in June, whereas everyone else seemed to jump on the bandwagon about <laughs> October, November. Yeah. Um, so we're already prepping for that. But I think the next, you know, sort of three or four months will determine which yeah. direction I probably want to go with, you know, the next step, if you like. Hybrid whether we... or concentrate exactly. on virtual or whatever. That's it. You know, do we do we just literally double down on, on the virtual stuff and go, let's just become the best at, you know, virtual experiences or you know helping people get into the you know virtual game or do yeah. We, yeah focus on so so yeah it could be that you like you know like run courses on how to do it or an agency or whatever so so many opportunities and so many skills you have to share as well and your experience with the world so very very cool right simon so it's been a great chat today i've really enjoyed it so much amazing stuff can you remind everybody where you hang out you know where do you want to point people towards what's your website and social media um, so website is simonhowardintroducing.com. Um, I'm normally the best place to find me is just on LinkedIn. I try and be a social media person, but I really do struggle. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. So uh, LinkedIn is generally where you'll find updates and information. Um, and I'd say even with the website, it's, it's been one of those that are, we're looking to update it, but we've spent so much time just focusing on delivering experiences. If you do want to know more, just drop me an email, hello at simonhowardintroducing.com. And I yep. say I can send you loads of information on our latest uh, virtual experiences and activities on there as well. Or if you need any help in the live or virtual world, we are there to help. Amazing. Well, Simon Howard, amazing to have you here from Simon Howard Juicing. I love your background as well. For anybody who's listening on the podcast, make sure you check out our YouTube channel as well for the video to, to see what a great background Simon's got. Good luck for the future for your business. Thanks for joining us on the Go Solo show today and here's to a successful future. Catch up with you soon. Cheers. Top man. Thanks, Johnny. Take care. Thanks a lot, Simon. Cheers. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Go Solo show powered by Subkit. We hope you've had a great time and picked up many new ideas for your own business. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and to follow us on Twitter at team underscore go solo. If you're inspired to get started on your own enterprise yourself, then check us out at subkit.com. We're here for whenever you're ready. I've been Johnny Quirk, and until next time, keep winning.